our city. In fact, one lost person is too many. But everybody, we understand there's a lot more than one lost person in the Pasadena area. And I want something to get a hold of us that says, I can't be satisfied with, with those that just that are here. And we understand that these are God's people and we love them, each and every one. But God has a vision for us, for this area that causes us to want to move forward. Because if we want to just keep who we have here, there's no need to pray and fast and try to draw close to God. It'd be better just to kind of leave the devil alone, but we start getting him stirred up. But we've got to pray and fast to move forward because we move forward on our knees. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Also, we're glad to have uh, uh, Brother Simon Kim's aunt visiting with us from Korea today. And uh, she is a a very devout uh, believer and a minister. In fact, uh, from, from what I can understand, uh, she is uh, doing missions work into China, which is, is quite dangerous. Uh, it's a communist area. And uh, so we're so thankful that she's come to be with us today. And we're praying that God would keep you safe and keep his hand upon you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know we've had a lot happening today, and I don't want to take a lot of time, just a few moments to talk with you. And then I just want to let God do what he wants to do. I'd like to see some children receive the Holy Ghost today. I'd like to see some adults receive the Holy Ghost today. Anybody that needs the Holy Spirit, we want to see them receive it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I know this is probably a hard one for you to find. But uh, if you don't know, it's right at the very beginning of your Bible, right after the table of contents. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And I hope that uh, you are reading your Bible through. There are a number of people that signed up out there to read the Bible through. If you haven't had a chance to sign up, but you're doing it, sign up so we can encourage one another uh, as we go through the Word of God uh, because uh, His Word is what enables us to grow spiritually. Genesis 1, 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. It says, The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I think uh, most of us understand and realize that God is omnipresent. Now, that's a fancy word, but it simply means that God fills all of space. If you want to try to hide from God, it's going to be hard because he's present everywhere. You understand that God is present everywhere. However, when, when you may hear a preacher say or a worship leader say that God is in this place today. Now, we understand that God is in every place. But what more appropriately they are communicating is that God is desiring to move in this place. Our God is desiring to manifest his power and his glory in this place. And we see in Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 and 2, the omnipresent God chose to move in a certain place. And when God begins to move, things begin to happen that there is no explanation for other than some people say it's a God thing. When God begins to move, and I believe with all my heart that God wants to move in our midst. 
See, we can do all of our very best to try to impact people's lives. We can practice our singing and music. We can prepare sermons. We can uh, uh, do all the things that we try to do to move people. But the reality is the only one that can really make a change is God himself. Uh, So just a real simple thought today. And my thought today is we need a move of God. We need a move of God. Does anybody believe that or agree with those words today? We desperately need a move of God. If you agree with me, close your eyes and let's pray together and ask for his will to be done. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this place today, Lord God. Thank you for the touch of your spirit, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for the lives that have been impacted. Jesus, I'm praying today, Lord God, that there would be a sovereign move of your spirit in the hearts of men and women and young people and children today, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, that good things happen, Lord God, when we step out of the way and let your spirit have its way. And we want you to do what you want to do in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. There are certain things that happen in life that we can come up with explanations for. Scientifically, we can explain why the sun rises, why the moon uh, sometimes is a full moon, sometimes it's a crescent moon. We can explain the patterns of the weather to a degree with the advancement of scientific technology. But there are certain things that happen that I want to talk about today that cannot be explained by scientists. They cannot be explained by sociologists or human behavior students. These are the things that happen when God begins to move. When God steps in and does his thing, it makes changes that cannot happen in any other way. And I want you to know today that there are times in your life when you come to a point where you recognize, I don't need just another religious service, and I don't need to just go through the motions, but I need a move of God's Spirit. I want Him to transform me. I want Him to change me because I'm not satisfied or happy with who I am and what I'm struggling with and who I've become. God, I need You to sweep in here because my willpower is not strong enough. I can't read enough books. I can't get under the influence of enough people. I need a move of God. Amen. Now, last week on Sunday, I believe God gave us a message for the church about pathways, how that your decisions will determine where you will end up. If you weren't here on Sunday, I encourage you to either get a CD of the Sunday service or listen online and you can go to lifechurchpasadena.com uh, and listen online. The reason is, is because I think God gave a word to the church last week. And that is that our decisions affect our destiny. But on the other side of the, the, the coin or the other side of the equation, I want to share with you today that there are times when we desperately need God to step in and to move and to transform us and to change us or to help us in a situation that we find ourselves in. And I'm so glad that God's mercy is so great. Amen. That we can do stupid things. 
and get ourselves in stupid positions and situations. But just like the children of Israel, even though they got themselves in trouble because of their disobedience and they got themselves in problems because uh, they weren't submitted to God or they were worshiping false gods and idols and so forth. What happened was, is when they realized that they needed God, when there was an enemy that was coming against them and they realized, you know what, I've been doing stupid things and that's why I'm where I am. But God, I need you to move on my behalf. When they humbled themselves, when they prayed, when they called on the name of the Lord, when they lifted up their faith towards God, God responded to them and God moved on their behalf. I was reading in the Bible uh, in, during the, the, the one year Bible reading in uh, this week in Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse 16, where it talks about where God revealed himself to the children of Israel on the mountain, on Mount Sinai. He was going to reveal himself to them. Many of them were fearful about this and trembling because of this experience that was about to transpire because these people had been raised hearing about God. They had grown up hearing about uh, his ability to impact them. They had seen, no doubt, the signs of his miracles, but they had not had an encounter with the moving presence of God. And in Exodus chapter 19, it says, verse 16, it says, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people uh, that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. Here's what I want you to realize that was happening. These people who had heard a lot about God were having their first uh, upfront encounter with a move of God. And it was something that could not be explained away. It's something that science could not give them a reason for why all of these dynamics were taking place. Moses said, tomorrow you're going to meet with God. They get out around the mountain where Moses had put the boundary and suddenly they see the smoke. They hear the sounds. They see the mountain begin to shake and tremble. And they realize, hey, there is really a God. This isn't just Moses' idea or what the priests have been telling us to try to convince us to live right. But there is a God who loves us. He's the one true living God. His name is Jehovah Yahweh. And He is worthy of our honor and our fear and our praise. And see, a lot of people in the world today who call themselves Christians are like the Hebrew people before they had an encounter with God. They've heard a lot about Him. They've heard stories in the New Testament about how Jesus worked miracles. And they heard about how He opened blinded eyes and, and uh, how He 
transformed people's lives. They've heard about the powerful moving of the Spirit. Many of them, or some of them at least, have heard about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, how the people were gathered together and the wind blew in the room with the sound of the wind. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And then there was such a lingering touch of the presence of God that the people who were observing from the outside thought they were drunk. Right? That's what the Bible says. It happened. And so a lot of people in Christianity have heard a lot about God. And just like the children of Israel, the Hebrew people, no doubt they have uh, uh, respect for God. A lot of people have a lot of respect for God. And and, uh, they uh, are interested in the words of God. But they have never experienced, many of them, a move of God where they get into a place and they're in a location and the Spirit of God begins to move upon the face of the waters. And when it happens, all of a sudden, a lot of them say, man, I, I've never felt anything like that before. My, my, my hairs were standing up on the back of my neck. I, I felt something like I'd never felt before. Amen. This is not just emotionalism, and this is not just trumped-up enthusiasm, but when it's real, you know it's real. When something's changed in the environment, something's changed in the atmosphere, and when you come into the house, everybody's just distracted and look in every direction and got a lot of things on their mind. But when God steps in and moves in, it pulls everyone's mind together. And all of a sudden, all the things that they had to do aren't as important anymore as they seem to be. I'm talking about a move of God. And we need a move of God. We don't need to just have exciting, enthusiastic music. And we don't need to just have fiery preaching. But we need to anticipate and expect that if we will bow ourselves before God, if we'll honor and respect Him, that He will show up in our midst. When God shows up, lives are changed forever. When when the Spirit of God begins to move, somebody can come in who's been through every 12-step program to try to shake loose of their addiction. And they've been unsuccessful. But they come into the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of God shakes loose what no book or counselor can shake loose. I'm talking about the presence of God that can destroy a lifelong nicotine addiction. I'm talking about the presence of a living God that can take the taste or the desire for alcohol out of your mouth. When the Spirit of God begins to move, lives can be changed. And at Life Church, our desire is that God would move. When we come together, we need God to move. doesn't matter if we only sing one song and God moves. We're done. God's done His thing. doesn't matter whether the preacher gets to preach every service or not. When the move of God happens, we want God to have His way. Because when God moves, and I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel faith in the house. I feel prayers behind this. Amen. God is going to transform people and change them because of the power of the moving of His Spirit. The Bible tells the story of Solomon's temple, how they had spent a lot of time building this household for the Lord. Because in the Hebrew belief system, which, according to my faith, is reality for them, God actually enthroned himself in the temple between the cherubims 
upon the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. This is what the Bible says, that there was literally, in the moving mobile tabernacle of Moses' day, there was a Shekinah of blue smoke, if you would, that was manifest there in the holy place. But only the priests, according to their tradition and belief system, and according to God's plan at that unfolding plan at that point, only the priests could enter in there. And they had to cleanse themselves before they entered in there. And they had to purify themselves before they went in there. And even the story goes, tradition and scripture uh, bears it, that the, the priests would wear bells around the fringe of their garment when they would go into the holy place because there was such an, a reverence and a fear of God that they wanted to make sure that they had been cleansed and purified and, and that they had been purged of all uh, sinful activities and attitudes. And, and they were purged so that when they went in there, if they were sinful, if they weren't right before God, then God would take them. And when the bell stopped ringing, they would take the rope that was tied around the ankle and pull them out of the holy place. There was such honor and reverence and respect for the tabernacle. And that was transferred, as David said, King David said, I want to build a house for you, Lord. I want to build a place where you reside. Now, how many understands today that this building is not the temple? The Holy Spirit dwells in temples made of flesh today. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why we got to glorify God with our bodies. That's why as a temple of God, we can't engage in things that would defile this temple. Amen. Everybody understand that? But in the Old Testament, it was a temple that David desired to build and God would not allow him to build it even though he collected much of the material. So for two generations, there was preparation. And uh, the wood collected, the gold collected, the precious stones, the types of tapestries, all the things that would go together to make this elaborate and beautiful temple, which uh, many people believe historically that when it was completed, Solomon's temple was the envy of the entire world. It was so beautiful and astounding that when people saw it, they were, their, their draw, jaws would just drop because of the beauty up there, elevated on the temple mound and extending up, shimmering there in the Jerusalem, in the Jerusalem sky. This temple was finally built. And then the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it tells the story of when this temple was dedicated. When they gave this temple to the Lord and said, God, we want you to move in here. No longer are you going to be in a, in a tabernacle of animal skins, but we want you to move into this temple that we have built. Verse 13, it says, and it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud. Now, if you know anything about the symbolism in Scripture, you understand that the cloud was the presence of God that led them through the wilderness. A pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. 
The Bible says here that the house was filled with a cloud. Those that were there that day, most of them probably knew a lot about the history of Israel and the history of uh, uh, God leading them through the wilderness. They recognized that it is the manifest presence of God, the moving of God in our midst today. It said there was a cloud that filled the house, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Something happened there that day when they dedicated the temple of God and when people were worshiping and the musicians were singing and there was one voice going up and offering praise to the Lord right here in the Old Testament. Even though God's plan was that He would not pour out His Spirit until after He had been offered up as a sacrifice, somehow He sidestepped His full plan and could not resist the praises of Israel and he enthroned themselves upon them so powerfully the Bible says that the priests could not even stand to minister because the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord I've always wondered what it would be like if one time we could all get in one accord if one time everybody in the house, no matter how old they are or young or what background they're from or what's been taking place in their life or distractions in their mind or things that they're thinking about, if for a few moments we could get everybody's mind together and say, you know what? The Lord God Almighty is worthy of our praise. He alone is worthy of our praise. We're going to lift Him up. We're going to worship Him in one mind and in one accord. The Bible says there that the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And if you need further evidence that this thing happens, look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. They had their minds together. They were in one place. See, what you got to know about the story is they've been praying for a few days. They'd been in tune with God. They'd been purging themselves and getting their vessels ready, saying, God, whatever you want to do, we're tarrying. We're waiting for the promise from on high. They were there several days. But then when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they in one accord in one place. Uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. See, I have memories from my childhood of moves of God. Things that I will never forget. Times, even though I may not remember all the specifics and the details, I remember what it felt like. I remember sitting there and knowing that God was real, knowing that His presence was in the house. And I want our kids and young people 
to have experiences where they are in the house of the Lord and they can tell something is happening in this place. And they may have uh, uh, things that distract them because kids will be kids. But all of a sudden, the presence of the Lord moves in and it creates a memory that God is real, that God loves them, that he knows where they are. And I'm hungry for a move of God right now. I want God to show up in this place. If you want that, why don't you lift your hands and call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus, we thirst for you right now. We hunger and thirst after you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Just praise him right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how do we get God to move on our behalf? How do we cause Him to move? How can we get God to move in our situation? How can we get God to move in our lives if we have something about ourselves that we're like, God, I can't fix this and I can't change it and I'm really frustrated, God, and I need your help. I want you to move. I, I want you to move in me. I think we can find some, some, some clues as to how we can access the movement of God or the demonstration of God's Spirit and power when we look into the life of Jesus Christ. Because God manifests Himself in the flesh. That's who Jesus was. Jesus was Jehovah in the flesh. Jesus was Jehovah with skin making himself visible to human beings, giving us a pattern of how to serve him. And when Jesus was on the earth, one thing about his ministry that I love is that Jesus was constantly being moved with compassion and constantly ministering to the needs of people. Jesus was always healing bodies that were sick and broken. Jesus was always cleansing skin diseases and open, opening blinded eyes and straightening limbs that had, were withered and crippled. And Jesus was in the business of lifting people up from beds of affliction and their fever leaving them. And wherever Jesus went, miracles were transpiring and taking place. And Jesus told his disciples, greater things than these shall ye do. In my name, in, in my name, you'll cast out evil spirits. Uh, in, in my name, you'll speak with new tongues. Uh, in my name, amen, you'll lay hands on sick people and they will recover. I want to tell you today that God's plan is that His Spirit would move and it would move through His people. His people that are bought by His blood and filled with His Spirit and have the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon their life. I told you it's going to be simple today. So what does it take? How, how do we get God to move? It's real simple. It's a, it's, a, it's a word all of you have heard all your lives. And it's a simple word, but the word is faith. 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 You've got to believe something's going to happen. You've got to believe God's going to move. You've got to believe the life is going to be changed. Jesus said it this way. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed... You can speak to this mountain and say, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. 
What was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, by faith you can do things that are impossible any other way. By faith you can do things that science can't explain. By faith, amen, you can see great things transpire in your midst. And I want to remind you today that you are people of Jesus' name. You have the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing through you as a vessel. God is able to raise up sick people in this place today. God's able to demonstrate His power and authority over cancer in this house today. God is willing and able to demonstrate His power through chronic sickness and pain in this house today. I wonder if there's somebody that believes that the God of the New Testament who is manifest in the man Christ Jesus is manifest in this house today. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 Faith. All right, you may be seated for a second. Here, here's the deal. Jesus could very well, because of his omniscience, which is another big word, which means he knows everything. God knows everything. God is omniscient. And while Jesus was on the earth during his process of maturation, coming to full stature, this was opening up to him as his mind had the capacity to fully operate in his position as sovereign God. Amen. He operated through the flesh. Through fleshly understanding. The Bible says when he was a young boy, just 11 years of age, I believe it was, that he astounded the doctors of the law. He shocked them at his knowledge. This is a boy and he knows all this. But Jesus began to operate in his, I believe, Knowledge of people's thoughts. Because he oftentimes would do that. He would talk to what they were thinking about. And operating in the omniscience of his divine nature, he could have gone around wherever he was and just been able to ascertain where faith was located. He could have said, Sir, I perceive that you have faith. And so you need something from God, you can receive it. Right now, he could have walked through and used his omniscience to pick people out that could believe that something was going to happen. And there's some people in this place today. You need God to step in in your situation. You want God to work on your behalf. But here's the deal right now. You have got to have faith. And Jesus did not use his omniscience. To pick out people that had faith, but he waited for people who had faith to show their faith to him. That means, why is God not moving in your life? Maybe he's waiting for you to take that first step to display your faith. You say, but I believe. I believe. I believe there were a lot of people that were believers in Jesus. As Jesus walked on the roadside, a lot of them had needs, but they just sat there and said, well, Jesus is 
is the great prophet, and if, if he has something for me, then, then he'll give it to me. But then there's blind Bartimaeus who has a completely different approach. In Mark, I, Mark uh, chapter 8, I believe, in the book of Mark, all of a sudden Bartimaeus finds out that Jesus is passing by. He's been blind, and he begins to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the people that were around him told him to hold his peace. He said, be quiet. You're troubling the master. It's, it's shrill. you screaming here from the side of the road. If the master wants to see you, he'll come your way. The Bible says when they tried to silence Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus lifted his voice even more. Even louder, he cried out the more, Jesus, thou son of David. And it was getting crazy. It was turning into an uncomfortable situation. Anybody been in a place like that where it's out on the street and people are screaming and yelling at each other? It's just like, oh, this is uncomfortable. That's the way it was because somebody was screaming like a madman saying, Jesus, have mercy upon me. The Bible says that Jesus stopped. He said, bring him to me. The Bible says that Jesus told him, thy faith hath made thee whole. He said, what do you want? He said, I want to see. Your faith has made you whole. And he walked away that day with his eyesight. The Bible says he followed Jesus in the way. That's why we know his name, because he kept following Jesus. But the point is, he said, I'm not going to sit back and wait to find out if Jesus can discern whether I really believe he can do a miracle in my life or not. But I'm going to let my voice be heard. I'm going to lift up my voice and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. See, this is a principle that doesn't show up in just one story. I could give you story after story after story from the life of Jesus, where Jesus worked miracles in people's life after they showed their faith. What about the woman who for 12 years had had a constant flow of blood, been to all the physicians, everybody she could go to, and she spent all of her money trying to get this problem fixed. But she saw Jesus in the crowd, and she said in herself, if I can but touch the fringe of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she made her way through the crowd. The Bible says it was a press. When Jesus said, who touched me? The the disciples and the apostles said, we're being pressed on every side. Everybody's touched. You, Jesus. He said, no, I felt virtue flow out of me. That lets me know that this little lady worked her way through the crowd. She said, I'm going to touch him. Whatever it takes, I'm going to touch him. What did Jesus say to her? Daughter, go in peace. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, come on, somebody. She could have sat there and believed in her mind and sat on the edge of the crowd and watched Jesus teach. But her faith caused her to move. Her faith caused her to stretch. Her faith caused her to reach. Her faith caused her to get a desperation in her spirit, saying, I believe there's a miracle, and it's in this house right now. Come on, I could go on and on. Four men tore the roof off of a house. Because they heard Jesus was in the house and they had a friend that was sick. They couldn't get him through the door. So they said, let's get up on the roof and tear the roof off the house. They lowered him down right in the middle of the house. And Jesus, the Bible says, when he saw their faith.
What did he see? I personally, I mean, I can't tell you for sure, but I personally don't mean, don't think that that verse means that Jesus saw those four guys up there and he looked beyond their facade. And he looked into their spirit and he recognized that there was faith there. I believe personally that the verse was saying Jesus observed their actions and the actions displayed to him that those people believe. Ain't nobody going to tear a roof off of a house unless they believe a miracle's coming. And there's nobody that can show that kind of passion and desperation and focus if they don't believe that God's going to work in their behalf. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I want a move of God. I want a move of God. Hallelujah. If you want to stay where you are, that's fine. But I'm going to have a move of God. If you don't want to have one with me, that's fine. But I'm going to have a move of God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Good things happen when you praise the Lord. Come on, somebody, praise Him right now. I feel it moving in the sanctuary. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on, let's stand together and praise Him right now. Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. Hey, come on. If you want God to move in your life, you've got to get past your passive personality and passive nature. You can say, well, Francisco's a fiery person, but that's not my personality. I'm sorry. Bartimaeus, I don't know what his personality was, but he said, I need Jesus, and I'm going to get a hold of him no matter what it takes, no matter what anybody thinks of me. I'm not going to leave until I get my victory. Come on, somebody. There's somebody in this place. You need victory. And I wonder what would happen right now if you begin to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on Oh, come on. I feel something quaking in the atmosphere. I feel something moving in the atmosphere. You say, well, that's just people moving. No. When God's people start to move, God starts to move. When God's people begin to build Him a throne, He shows up. I believe. Hallelujah. I believe there's miracles and it's waiting for you in the sanctuary right now. I believe there's miracles and it's waiting for you in the sanctuary right now. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. I want you to lift up your hands across this place. I want you to reach for him right now. Cry out from the depths of your heart for Jesus. Jesus, I need you. I don't want to fall into the trap of just believing you as some abstract somewhere. But I want to feel you move. I want to encounter your presence. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. If you feel led of the Lord, I want you to pray for someone around you right now. 
You can lay hands on them in Jesus' name because there's deliverance in this place. There's hope in this place. There's healing in this place. There's newness of life in the house here right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's what I want to do. Keep praying. Keep doing what God's leading you to do. But if you're a parent, you have a child in here that's under the age of 12. I want you to bring them up to the front here. We're going to pray and we're going to pray for a move of God in their lives. Bring these kids up to the front right now. Hallelujah. 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 Come on right up here to the front. Come on, children. Come on, children. We're going to pray right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord moving here. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're restoring hope to people that are hopeless. You're bringing hope to them right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Presence of the living God move in this house. Let these young people experience the power of the living God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, Life Kids staff members, if you can come up and pray for these children that have come up to the front right now. Hallelujah. We're going to pray together for them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hey, if you need special prayer, if you need God to do a miracle in your life and you really need Him to do a work, come on, come on up to the front as well. We're not just going to go through the motions, but I want you to cry out to God. I want you to get desperate with Him. I want you to lift your voice and let Jesus know that you need Him. Jesus, I need you, Lord. Jesus, I need you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. God's moving in this place. I mean, there are lives being impacted even right now in this place. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If there's somebody reaching out for God, just feel free to pray for Him right now. Pray with Him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 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 Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. Get down and help your kids pray right now. Get down and help these kids pray. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.
lift our hands in praise to the Lord together right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, before we leave, let's just give him praise for a minute right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your anointing. Thank you for the touch of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. You're great and greatly to be praised. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God. Jesus, we pray for every family that's here, Lord God, all the children, Jesus, those that have children who are grown. We pray, Lord God, that you would hear the prayers of mothers and fathers, Lord Jesus. We know, Lord, that you're a miracle worker and nothing's impossible with you. In the name of Jesus, we claim the promises of heaven by faith in the name of the Lord. Jesus, hallelujah, Lord God, I pray that you'd let your anointing go with every person, Lord Jesus. Keep your hand upon them in the name of the Lord. You can continue praying. Let's continue praying. Those that want to continue to pray, God's moving on you. Hallelujah. God bless. Amen. If you're going to ladies' conference, please don't leave. Sister Becky needs to speak with you briefly. the Lord. They're going to be providing something to eat outside for those guests that are with us today. and Also children that aren't fasting. Right outside the door there, make sure you stop by. And if you're not fasting and get something. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you. 